want to get started. Let's say work a few uh, minutes. Let's spend some time in prayer for uh, Uttar Pradesh and all that's been happening there specifically. I mean, there's a hundred things that we can pray for, but I want to specifically focus on that this week. And I'm, and many of you in small groups are praying for the same thing. So we'll do that. And then we'll look at uh, our question for this evening. Father in heaven, thank you so much. Thank you, Lord, for your presence with us. Thank you that there is no room in the home where you are not present. Thank you that your uh, that your desire is to come dwell with your people, to be with your people. Where two or three are gathered, there am I in the midst of them. Uh, God is God dwells in the praises of His people. He's you always really wanted Lord to be with your people, and nothing nothing should come in between that. You've worked hard to make that happen. Lord, it is our pleasure and our honor, Lord, to uh, reciprocate that similar desire and to meet with you at any given uh, uh, excuse. David says, uh, the psalmist David says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There's so many references to worship and people gathering, gathering in your presence, gathering around you, Lord. We praise we praise you that you are a God like that. You want to be met. You want to be um, accessible. You want to be touched. You want to, you want to speak. You have a heart for those whom you have made, those you've created. And the best part is, Lord, you understand us. You know how tired we are. You know exactly how we're feeling. And you care. It means a lot to you that we get through our day strong. And you search us and you, and you uh, analyze and you resource. You provide for us. We worship a good God. We worship and serve a good God, a living God, a true God. And only you could have opened our eyes to that, Lord. Had you not opened our eyes, we would have probably been bowing before creation, serving ourselves, lost in the world, the physical world of self-indulgence, Lord. But because you have opened our eyes, we are able to see who we can be in Christ and what you created us for to start with. We are burdened for many things around us, Lord. But particularly, we're burdened for the, for the way our, our people, the citizens of our country, specifically in the state of Uttar Pradesh, are being torn apart for communal um, conflict between two communities and between two uh, people groups for leadership that is selfish, violent, self-seeking for a government that's absolutely incapable of stepping in and doing the right thing at this time. And for the fact that in the middle of all of this, this anger and aggression and pain and violence and words and abuse and absolute uh, disdain for authority and for uh, for the law, in the middle of all of this, it is the poor, the marginalized, 
and the weaker elements of our society that are worst affected. The women, Lord, who are abused, beaten up, and cowardly men take uh, have been letting out all their frustration on those who cannot fight back. Cowardly communities are letting out their frustration on other communities that cannot fight back. Everyone wanting to be one up on everybody else, establish a sense of superiority. All of this, Lord, all of this, all these problems find their solution in the gospel. Finding, find, finding the grace, the forgiveness, the cleansing, and the comfort of God in the, in the person of Jesus Christ. We know that the gospel has permeated and uh, uh, gone right through the state of UP. We know that. We know that you are doing a mighty work. We know that you're breaking down strongholds and you're bringing down high places. But we pray in the name of Jesus that you would expedite, that you would intensify your work. We pray together with one voice, with one amen. We pray together and we ask that you intensify your work. We pray that you'd give boldness to those who have to bear a high cost to follow you. For most of us, the greatest cost we will ever pay is just inconvenience or a little bit of embarrassment. And even for that, we are ready to give up our faith. But these people, Lord, many of them, Lord, have had to, have had to face death and destruction for the sake of the gospel. Every day they live under fear. They live in, 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 with their lives at risk. Women are not safe. The children are not safe. There is no normality to their life because of whom they have believed in. And Father God, I pray for this state. I pray that you would give wisdom and understanding. Raise your man of peace in the villages, in the small towns, in the cities, in the courts of law, in the, in the, in the parliament. Raise the man of peace to rise up and say, enough. It needs to stop. Raise your man your woman, whoever it is, Lord, and call it, call them out, Lord, on their, on their wickedness. Bring it to an end, I pray, Father. And give somebody the wisdom and the solution to make peace there. We pray for the state of UP. We pray for the state that it's in. We pray for a government that will fear you. And we pray, O oh God, for protection over those who cannot fight back. Even tonight, Lord, many will go to bed having been beaten or having been uh, abused. Oh God, our hearts go out to them. Father God, would you protect them? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. A warm welcome back, uh, those of you who just joined us. Uh, this evening, I want to take a few minutes to just um, look at a, at a question, a simple question here. What are the benefits of God's immediate presence through my day. What are the benefits of God's immediate presence through my day? A question was raised to me uh, just a few days ago about the fact that we're staying home, you know, we're all home. And uh, some of us have smaller homes, some larger homes, but we're home and everybody's home. Everybody's trying to work. 
everyone's trying to keep schedules. We can't go out much. We can't let people in much. And it's a, it can get pretty frustrating. And in the life that we are currently experiencing, how do we experience the presence of God? How do we practice the presence of God? How do I make sure that I don't break my fellowship, break my, uh, my, uh, my connection with God? Now, that's a very good question. And it also raises a lot of other reality questions in terms of um, what is our understanding of being connected to God? What does it mean to be in fellowship with God? What does it mean to disconnect or break fellowship with God? Uh, is it okay that we don't talk to him for a few hours at a stretch? Or is it uh, is it okay that we just get busy with our day? I mean, some people get busy for their whole week and only remember God on Sundays. But for those of us who want to be in constant commune with God, what do we understand with that? You know, I'm going to say it later on uh, again, but... Um, we have come to think of worship as being synonymous with the presence of God. Worship. Worship is synonymous with the presence of God, where his praises are. God's, uh, there is liberty, there is joy, and uh, God's presence is there. He says he dwells in the praises of his people. He dwells in the praises of his people. But being connected with God is a very relational thing. It, it has uh, little to do with, uh, less to do with worship, has more to do with partnership in what life he has called you to live. That means, what is your work? What's your witness? What's your, what are your wounds? Uh, you know, what are your worries? Those are the things God uh, really makes himself present. And I want to look at a few scriptures and wrap up with a, with, with a few practical uh, suggestions here. But when I think about the psalmist David, who was also King David, uh, he used phrase like, phrases like, he trains my hands for war. He trains my hands for war. He gives success to the work of my hands. See, that's the kind of understanding we need to imbibe uh, in order to know what God is thinking about partnership. Worship has become uh, synonymous with the presence of God uh, and vice versa for us in this day and age because we think of the gathering and we think of lifting worship to God. And when we're singing and when we're praising, then we, have, we are in the presence of God. Not true. We are in the presence of God all the time. God is with us all the time. In fact, he's given his Holy Spirit to live in us. That's not for, for the reception of worship. God is in heaven and receives worship. So why is he given his spirit in you? He, so that so that you may have the worship and the peace that dwells among uh, around the throne of God, the wisdom and understanding that revolves the throne of God, the power and influence that revolves the throne of God. He gives a little bit of a piece of that heaven to put in your heart. He his spirit comes to dwell in you, and he brings a piece of that heaven into you, so that you are walking heaven. You are a walking, talking witness of heaven on earth. Not outside heaven, not outside of you, not that you experience heaven, but heaven is in you and, 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 and his presence is in you. I know that's a little uh, far-fetched and, and, and hard to understand how that whole thing works. But I'm, what I'm trying to do is radically challenge our common perspectives of what, uh, uh, of what the presence of God is and God's uh, connecting with, with God, a communion, communion with God. Uh, 
So in our day and age, it's been mostly worship. And we're going to rethink that this evening. And we're going to consider the fact that communion with God has more to do with doing stuff with God, speaking and conversing with God, conversing about God, and also uh, other things. All right? So the theme this evening pretty much is, uh, it, it revolves around the question about what are the benefits of God's immediate presence through my day? How is, how is my life different for the fact that I commune with God every moment of every day? Is communion and prayer the same thing? Can you be in communion with God but not actually be praying? Obviously, you can't be praying and not be in communion with God. But can you be in communion with God and still busy with your work, still busy with your, with your uh, washing the dishes or, or working through an assignment or researching and analyzing your data or whatever you may be doing, whatever you may be doing or what your work calls you to do. So the theme, the challenge is that we are living in, at home. We've got uh, people walking around the house. Uh, there's frustrations and there's, you know, flares up through the day. Uh, when you're in each other's face the whole day, you don't feel the need to be nice. You don't feel the need to be kind with your words. And some families can literally give themselves the permission to just fly off the handle, scream, shout. And every time they pass each other, just rip each other to bits. Uh, sometimes it's not the whole family. It's one person who just, you know, the whole family is terrorized by the rest, by this one person or uh, different, different scenarios in our, in, our, in our homes. It can be difficult. It can be frustrating. That said, we want, to be, we want to remind ourselves of a few scriptures and then move forward. David, for instance, like I said, he, he, he says, you train my hands for war. You train my hands for war. That that is a, I love that. He says, you give success to the work of my hands. Paul said the same thing. So that's a New Testament thing. Even Paul said, Lord, would you help us succeed in what we're trying to do? Okay. Let me take you to Psalm 139, where this incredible phrase uh, uh, exists. Before a word comes to my mouth, you already know it. Before a word comes to my mouth, you already know it. Going through the day, going through my conversations, Knowing that God knows what I'm about to say. Knowing that God knows what I'm about, I'm about to say. That really, it's just, just that knowledge. Uh, you'll hear the word nowadays being used in education institutions and all of it, the, the word called mindfulness. Um, you know what? It's just a new word for an old thing. It's being aware of who you are and whose you are and what's around you it's it's about being uh, not being self-centered but being aware that there are others other people's needs other other people's wants that you are part of a universe you are part of a family you're part of a community so he says oh lord you have searched me and you have known me Psalm 139 you know when i sit down and when i rise up you discern my thoughts from afar wow you discern my thoughts from afar I can't even discern your thoughts from close by. You talk to me and I still can't understand you. But God knows my thoughts and he figures, analyzes, researches and pulls it apart from afar. He knows. He says, you know, when I sit down and you know, when I rise up, you're aware of my day. You're aware. You're, you, you know what, how my day is going. That, that really helps me because I know that somebody knows how my day is going. And I can share how I feel about how my day is going. You search out my path and my lying down. 
You search out my path and my line down. And you're acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue. I haven't even, I've just begun to think about it. Even before it hits my tongue, Lord, you already know what I'm going to say. Your thoughts towards us are like the sand of the sea. So God is, is, is heavily involved, heavily vested in your everyday actual activities. Are you having a weakness? He's there. He, he, he's, he's feeling it. He, he knows what you're going through. He, he can see that you don't have the strength to say no. He wants to help, but he can see that. He's not unaware of that. He's not sitting around. He's not sitting in heaven judging down. He's sitting in you, next to you, and understanding. Even before a word hits my tongue, you already know it. Your thoughts towards us are like the sand of the sea. It's, 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 you're constantly thinking about me. Now, I must be aware that God is always aware of my, of my life, about my, my situation. Let me say that again. I must be aware all the time that God is aware about me all the time. That will radically change your mind. I mean, he's, he's watching over you like a CCTV camera in a good way. Psalm 121 says, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun, it will not strike you during the day. The moon will not strike you by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. That word keep means preserve. Preserve. Preserve doesn't mean he will not face trouble. He will not face evil. He, preserve means to, 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 to keep you through it. To preserve you through it. You will come through the other end. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in. Mask, no mask. He will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Let's remind ourselves of a couple more verses. Lamentations chapter 3. The most unlikely place you would find such an incredible verse of scripture. But you always heard uh, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, right? You've always heard that verse and you've heard great is thy faithfulness. But I want to take you back two, three verses to verse 19. Verse 19 says, remember my afflictions and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. Remember my afflictions and my wanderings. <laughs> that is so true for so many of us. The wormwood and the gall. I can't get into that right now, but one day I'll explain it. Verse 20, my soul continually remembers it. What? How you were part of my problem, what I've been through. My soul is constantly, sometimes you just find yourself rehearsing what went wrong, how things were, what people said, how you were hurt, why you failed in that particular situation or why people dealt with you in that particular way. You just sometimes... You can't sleep because you're going through that. Or sometimes you can't concentrate because you're going through that. He says, my soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. See, I'm brought low within my, right in my soul. But this I call to mind. Look at verse 21. But this, this is Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21. But this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Let's do that again. But this I call to mind. So whenever I go through that, I struggle with that. I have episodes. I, I remember that. This I call to mind. And that's, that's why I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. See how beautiful that verse is. Given the, the framework, 
the frame in which it was actually placed, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. It never stops. His mercies never come to an end. You wake up in the morning, the mercies are new. They're fresh. Great is thy faithfulness. So we're talking about our everyday life at home. For everything that will go wrong in word and deed, mercy covers, mercy covers. I need to be covered by mercy and I need to cover others in my home with mercy. We need to live in our homes with a covering of mercy over everyone in the family. That means you are covered with mercy and the others in the family are covered with mercy. Imagine a family, imagine a community that has this unending resource of mercy to give out to each other in the family. A very merciful family. Constantly giving out Hindi uh, uh, it's, 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 it's constantly having more to give out. Endless margin of grace. Imagine a family like that. Imagine a family that living together, yet there is enough margin for everybody's errors, faux everybody's misgivings, everybody's shortcomings. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. So that's when it gets practical. So when a person stops and waits on God, God provides the mercy. When you stop and wait on God, God provides the grace. The, the Lord is good to those who wait for him or rather wait on him. To the soul who, underline that, underline that, to the soul who seeks him. So what I need to do through the day is develop this desire to seek him. Seek his face. Seek his. This is not worship. Don't go into that. Okay. There's worship and there's church and there's the, the whole religious aspect of of, of the spiritual um, activities of the of of the whole and of the individual. I'm not going there. I'm talking about just Lord. What do you think about this, uh, Lord? Am I on the, in the right uh, track? Why am I feeling like this, Lord? I don't like this feeling right now. Take this away from me, Lord. I'm getting worried. Why am I getting frustrated, Lord? This is, is that amazing? Sometimes, sometimes you find yourself frustrated, but you don't know why you're frustrated. Sometimes you feel that, that you're irritated or upset, but you don't know why. It happens to all of us. And that's what this goodness is for. This, uh, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. Verse 26, it is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good that one should wait uh, uh, quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed in me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise my Savior. Right? So those are a few verses as reminders. We talked about the theme, we talked about the challenge, and we talked about the reminders. I could go on, like uh, we've just got a new verse here, Psalm 42, verse 11. There are lots. Here's the challenge. You're working from home, people around you all the time. You wake up in the morning, they're there. And very few of us have the luxury of not having quiet time, but having me time where everybody leaves you alone. Very few of us may have our own room where we can close our door, shut ourselves in. Uh, sometimes you have to go to the balcony or go to the terrace, but you need 
to uh, you need to get on with life and you need to continue to experience God through the day. How do I do that? You're working from home. Everyone else is also working from home. There, everyone's trying to get the work done. There are chores to be done. There's doorbells ringing off the Amazon's, you know, in your face. Construction's happening for many of us. Construction's happening in the front, in the back, all over the place. Our work hours are wonky. People seem to be working all the time now. There seems to be no work life and then home life. It's all mixed up and people are demanding and commanding your attention throughout the day. How do we go forward? How do we move forward? Let me give you six simple thoughts from me to you. Maybe you can add six more, but here are six six simple thoughts. Number one, how do I experience the presence of God and how do I benefit from the, from the experience of the presence of God in every room in my house, at home, all of the time? There should be physical reminders. Physical reminders. You go to the front room, you go to the kitchen, you go to the uh, even the restroom for, for that matter. Um, especially places where you get frustrated uh, with your thoughts. For some, it's at the desk. For some, it's in the restroom. For some, it's at while washing dishes. For some, it's while working in the house. Where while you do that, your your thoughts go wild, and you lose control, and and you just and thoughts lead to feelings, and feelings lead to moods, and you find yourself constantly either low or angry or frustrated, and then of course it leads to words, and then you just messed up somebody else's day. Wall hangings, verses of scripture here and there, reminders, things you picked up that remind you of the presence of God. Uh, a very similar understanding here in the Old Testament was the 12 stones of remembrance. When um, when uh, God said to Joshua, when you have passed out of this uh, the river, you've crossed the river and you go and take the land, I want you to set up an altar of 12 stones, remembering the 12 tribes. And I want you to remind everybody every day that that God is the one who got you there. So when the children grow up and say, Dad, Dad, what are these stones? And you tell them they're stones of remembrance. So they're called stones of remembrance. Stuff like that. Stuff like that. You know, uh, reminders, whether it's wall hangings, whether it's symbols, whether it's it's little, uh, you know, uh, showpiece things, uh, whether it's just a, a Bible sitting right there somewhere or the other, whether it's a photograph, whether it's a, it's a memory, photograph memory of, of a time in your life, whatever it is, have reminders, physical reminders around the house so that you are constantly, your thoughts are constantly brought back to that. Number two, schedule breaks. Schedule breaks to just sit down and and pray. <coughs> sit down and think. Sit down and, and stop the cycle. Where you are not on a cycle of frustration, where you on a you know how to ride a cycle when you where you where you're riding a cycle of, of anxiety, where you're riding a cycle of, of busyness, where you're running too fast on one just take a break, take a break, time out, time out. Just just sit down. Have your favorite spot where you sit down. And people know whenever you go sit down over there, you're like, okay, leave her alone. Leave him alone. He's easy. I mean, Daniel prayed five times a day. Now, that's not a religious thing. We always say, oh, that's so religious. That's No, it's not about being religious. Daniel prayed five times. Daniel was uh, was an official. in he, he was an equivalent of an IAS officer in, in our country. He was an equivalent of a, of a, you know, an IFS officer. He was, he was running the country. 
he was involved in running the country he was a busy man he was a he was a professional and he was good at it and he was on demand 24/7 he was daniel belshazzar people were at his doorstep want ringing his bell all the time he took five times a day to go out and be alone look out the window look at heaven and say lord how am i doing am i doing okay what's this why why am why am i getting toxic here uh why is this getting to me what and and he would commune with god five times a day no you don't you don't see the prayers of daniel because that's not what it's about it's about just scheduling breaks to say i need i need to connect with god because that's my source of strength some go to the bottle some go to food some go to uh, television or some go to uh, youtube or or facebook and spiritual people go to god those who know and are addicted to the strength of god number 3 stress busters just get find some activity some some simple activity that helps you get centered and detox from the from the pile up of emotions the negative emotions through the day there's a pile up of negative emotions and you don't want that to pile up too much you don't want that to get too toxic uh stress busters are just some activity you might do it might be a quick walk to the market it might be uh you know something that you do uh through the day you need to think about what that might be for you because it's obviously different for everybody number 4 music that fills the house with praise a lot of music is very stressful but music playing in the home will help you connect will help you uh create an atmosphere you can't be yelling and shouting and fighting when we got nice uh music playing and uh, instrumental music is is good but worship music if is great and you become aware because you you just you're mouthing the words and the, and you know the song the words of the song are in the back of your head as music fills the home with praise number 5 genuine short prayers the fourth reason i say genuine is because it should be authentic oh my god is not an authentic prayer it's a blasphemous word uh when when you say lord help uh lord listen i can't do this father help me father um any two word three word prayers that just connect but it needs to be genuine where you're actually expressing uh, uh if you're going to say jesus then be talking to him don't take his name because he might show up and then you won't know what to do with him short prayers genuine short prayers and number 6 aggressive gratitude aggressive gratitude be grateful like it's war be grateful like you know gratitude is a weapon gratitude kills to- toxicity toxicity gratitude kills depression gratitude kills anger and 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 malice uh, it 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 goes against everything that is that that takes you down as you move from one room to the other just love your home as you move from one room to the other just love your home thank god for the home if you used to curse it change it to 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 bless it so as you move from room to room task to task and face to face like from one face to another face like you see one family member you see another family as you move from one room to another one task to another one face to another just speak a word of blessing in your mind you don't have to say it out loud you don't have to say it out loud you could say it out loud you could say i love you you could say you know but aggressive gratitude lord i thank you for this home i love this place 
I love it. It's so nice today. Oh, the weather is so nice today. It's a, where you feel like grumbling, aggressively show gratitude. And you'll see the difference. You'll see the difference. Negative words, and I don't want to sound um, like all the jargon we hear today, but it is true. They, they have, they're on to something, but they don't know the whole story. Um, negative words, they call it vibes, energy, all of that, but actually it's just evil thoughts. Negative words, negative connotations, negative uh, uh, sentiments about what's going on, constant freedom to let out of frustration. Constant freedom to let out frustration. Because when you let out frustration, you frustrate others also. That, that negativity just goes to everybody else. And I'm using secular terminology here, but the world terminology, uh, the, the word says basically you are, you are spreading, um, un, uh, you're being ungrateful. You're spreading, you know, a, a spirit of, 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 of the evil one. Uh, so we need to just dump that and move into an aggressor. Don't be, uh, don't be sweet as syrup. I mean, don't, it, it shouldn't be fake. It should be genuine. And then you, as you go from room to room, as you go from person to person, as you go from one task to another, as you're moving from one assignment to the next assignment, from cooking to cleaning, from cleaning to uh, to uh, constructing, whatever it is, you know, you you just say thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Lord, I'm gonna, I'm about to do this. Can you help me do this? Can you help me get this right? I, I, I just need, need that is what is communion with God. That is what is communion with God. Let me let me end on this. The presence of God is synonymous with worship and praise. So we always think Sunday, we think worship, we think singing, we think music, God, and everything else is real life, right? Rubbish. That's not true. In the Old Testament, the the presence of God was synonymous with war. That God goes to war with you that he wins for you. He fights your battle for you, right? He death war. In the Old Testament, God's presence was synonymous with work, productivity. He trains my hands for war. He gives success to the work of my hands. He makes it fruitful. He makes it multiply. Uh, cast your net on the other side. They cast it, gosh, they couldn't get all of it in. Jesus was saying, nothing has changed. God is with you in productivity. So not just war, but work. God is with us in our work. He wants to help you succeed. And he's already better at you at your career anyway. So let's, let, me, let, let me tell you about that. So God wants us. Uh, so your work is synonymous with God's presence. Your worries are synonymous with God's presence. Because he's always, he says, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you. Do not worry. Do not fear. I am your God. I am an exceedingly great reward. I am with you. I will go ahead of you. Don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. I'm with you. Worship and uh, worship and praise is what we have associated with this, but you've got to begin to associate God's presence with worry. Every time you worry, God shows up to take it away. Every time you worry, God shows up to take it. Every time there's a sense of fear or anxiety or palpitation about whatever, God shows uh, shows up to take it away. Practice the presence of God as the as the antidote to worry. Uh, the presence of God is synonymous with witness. He says, every time you will stand for me, I will put words in your mouth. Every time you will speak for me, I will put words in it. You start the conversation, I'll finish it. You speak the word, I'll, I'll, I'll do the convincing. He, he says, in your witness, every time you are witnessing that God is ruling your life, he says, I'll come through for you. And the last one is wounds. 
wounds. God's wounds are, are God. He, the, the Bible says he is near to the brokenhearted. He is near to the brokenhearted. See, God is a bedside God. When you're sick, when you're down, when you're low, when you when you when you are puss, when you sit down and say, oh, "I can't do this," He is nearer that moment than than at any other time. God is close. He is near to the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds, and He uh, so wounds and hurt and pain are synonymous with the closeness, the nighty, the presence of God, the the closeness of God. So, number one. Physical reminders around the house. Number two, schedule breaks like Daniel. Uh, decide what time you're going to take a break and just go sit down quietly. Uh, stress busters. Do something physical. Do something uh, uh, conversational. Do something relaxing to get centered and to detox. Don't pile up the guilt. Don't pile up the the, the emotions, the negativity, the thing. Take breaks so that you def- diffuse and detox through the day. Number four, music that fills the home with praise. Number three, short. But genuine prayers, God, I need your help on this one. I can't do this. Oh Lord, who is that at the door? Oh Lord, who is that at the door? Please give me the strength to 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 not get upset or not, uh, you know, short prayers, real quick, and aggressive gratitude. Aggressive gratitude. Let me pray for you. I know, Father, that you are speaking to somebody here through this message today, and this reminder halfway through our week. Is for a lot of us. We all need this, and not everything is going to be applicable. But something needs to touch our hearts today to, to 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 remind us that you are the one who is wanting to live our life. The divine swap happened at the cross, where you took our life and you nailed it to the cross in Jesus, so that when we get to heaven, we live our life. But here on earth, you live our life in us through us. But the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. I am crucified with Christ, but nevertheless I live; yet not I, but Christ lives in me. We know that. We understand that. In theology, we understand that. In mind, in in, in logic, we understand that. But day to day, we struggle, and we have compartmentalized spiritual life and our secular life, or our our our, our careers and professional life. Lord, bring it together. Bringing it together so that we feel one, so that we are one, integer, integrity. We are one. We want to be single-minded, focused, and know where how know where and how everything fits in together. The spiritual life with the work life, with the family life, with the financial life, how everything comes together. That's actually one life that you have called us to live, and you've given us the resources and the wisdom for that. So speak to my brother and my sister. Speak courage into their heart. Teach them to bless. Teach us to bless, Lord. Teach us to pray, but also especially teach us to bless. Teach us how to speak bless. It's become very uh, out of uh, out of fashion now uh, to 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 bless people. We curse like nobody's business. And if our cursing is that so effective, Lord our blessing would be greater. Lord, teach us to speak blessing. This, Sunday, this Saturday, as we talk about this very same thing to the men, about how they as priests will speak blessing over their wives, over their children. Lord, may our homes become an oasis, a taste of heaven on earth, 
Some may not believe what I'm saying. Some may not believe that this is possible. But I know it's possible. Where there is a God, it is possible. I thank you, Jesus, for hearing and understanding. Bless these precious folk that have joined me this evening and those who are listening at a different time. May the Lord bless our, our, our church, our ministries, and, and, and our small groups, the marriages in our church, the children, the teenagers. Lord, keep them close to yourself. Keep them, protect them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. It was wonderful to have you with us. And uh, those of you who are picking this up much later, uh, not at the time we went live, you're just as welcome. I'm so glad you did join us. And I hope that something stands out is helpful. And if you uh, ever get a testimony of having implemented it and seeing the blessing of God or seeing God go to work, then please, by all means, uh, write into us at uh, write to me at pstjeremy, pastorjeremy at gmail.com. And I would love to hear from you. Good night, one and all. The Lord bless you. Have a good dinner. God bless.